Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show. Number 729. 729. 729 is correct. Coming to you direct from the Discovery Center at the L.L. Bean flagship store here in beautiful Freeport, Maine, as part of the L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival, continuing through today. And by the way, we'd like to welcome a wonderful live studio audience that we just heard. Boy, they sound very live, including including members of the Maine Young Birders Club, led by our friend and Talking Birds ambassador, Seth Davis from the University of New England. I'm not sure if they're here yet, but I know they will get here at some point. Uh, but be quick, our show is only 30 minutes yeah. long. So, Well, our visit uh, to Maine is kind of timely, even apart from the fact that the birding festival is underway. There's also some good conservation news from here. That is that Maine just became the first state to ban expanded polystyrene foam, often referred to as styrofoam Yay! food containers. So that bill goes into effect in January of 2021 and prohibits convenience stores, restaurants, grocery stores, farm stands, and coffee shops from handing out containers made of that polyester or polystyrene foam. And to give us a quick reaction to Maine Audubon's response to this and other single-use plastic-related initiatives is our friend Nick Lund, now Outreach and Network Manager for Maine Audubon. Good morning, Nick. Yay! Good morning, Ray. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. Nick, give us a brief overview, of, if you would, about this food container ban and tell us uh, what other things Maine Audubon is working on in connection with the fight against plastic pollution. Sure. Well, Maine got a, has a new governor as of uh, this year, Janet Mills, and she is taking on pollution in Maine. Now is the time to do it. And so Maine Audubon, uh, we do a lot of stuff. We do education. We do have scientists on staff, but we also have a robust advocacy program. And we're working to pass bills to stop uh, plastic pollution. And so we worked hard to help pass this ban on styrofoam, which will take place uh, starting in a few years. We're very proud of. Um, if you've been on the beaches or out in the ocean in Maine, you know that uh, that stuff lasts forever and washes up and is found in the nests of birds and things like that. Uh, and so we're very proud uh, to accomplish that. We're the first state in the nation to do so. And the other things you're working on include? All kinds. We're working on a single-use plastic bag ban, uh, one of only a few states to do that. We're working on uh, limiting the number of uh, bottle caps that uh, are lost, but are trying to attach bottle caps to bottles themselves. Um, other recycling-related things related to um, keeping recycling centers open, uh, mandating the amount of plastic in bottles, uh, limiting straws, um, all kinds of things, because these are the things that we see um, in birds' uh, digestive tracts when they die or otherwise. Um, harming them. And I think Maine has inspired a state, a couple of states over from here, that would be Vermont, where we understand they have just passed a bill to ban uh, the distribution of single-use plastic bags, plastic straws, and those toxic foam containers. 
Uh, I'm proud of them. Uh, they, I mean, I'm not going to call them copycats. I think we're all. It's, I think it's great we're all doing it, uh, especially because this pollution doesn't know boundaries, right? It flows down rivers and gets out into the ocean where uh, it can harm, uh, harm birds wherever. So it, it's really going to take a, a bunch of states to take action. Nick Lund, ladies and gentlemen, from Maine Audubon. Thank you, Nick. We'll try to not make our local audience here applaud too much. We don't want to get them all tired up, but we might ask for applause again when we announce right now our first Talking Birds second annual Make Your Own Swag contest winner, and it's Emily Rains from Tallahassee, Florida. Yay! Yeah. Way to go, Emily. She sent us an amazing photo in which she appears with a jauntily attached Talking Birds patch on her hat and up in the tree behind her, a Florida scrub jay. So that was pretty good. And our first winner in our contest, Emily wins a beautiful and practical REI travel pack that attaches around your waist and features an easy loading uh, top pocket, a front pocket, and a secret back pocket, and a, a water bottle pouches. Emily is still eligible, as is everyone who sends us a photo with the, with the patch on it, um, for our grand prize, which is the Terra ED 8x42 Zeiss binocular or a pair of binoculars if you like. So uh, get your patch by requesting one uh, via email. Just send the request to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. That's Ray at TalkingBirds.com. Debbie is displaying one of our patches uh, right, at the, right at the moment. We'll send you a patch with full contest instructions. Deadline for photo submission is June 15th at midnight. We want to give a preview of our mystery bird contest coming up in just a little bit. And uh, Jesse, if you can... If you can fire up that mystery bird, we'll give some clues. A sparrow-like large-headed songbird, the male of the species, is the only North American bird with a white back and black underparts. And in breeding plumage, it has a large yellowish patch on the back of the head. Females are light brown on the chest and belly with brown and black wings. Our bird, which winters in southern South America, breeds over much of the northern U.S. and southern Canada, feeding on weed seeds, insect larvae, adult insects and spiders. So those are some clues. Uh, and the sound of our mystery bird prizes include the Droll Yankees cute feeder, the cutest little chickadee feeder for any type of food, seed or fruit or mealworms or anything you'd like to uh, you know, put in there. Plus a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes uh, learning bird sounds a game. Plus a two pound bag of delicious bird friendly Birds and Beans Coffee, shade-grown coffee that preserves the habitat for wintering birds down in the tropics. The number to call is, uh, well, we don't, we don't do the contest yet. I forgot. This is just a preview, but you can call if you want or get ready to call. It's good to know the number. It's 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. Our way of welcoming new Talking Birds ambassadors to the Talking Birds family, folks who agree to let us send us some of our Talking Birds cards that they hand out to their friends and neighbors and fellow birders. So welcome and thank you to Jesse Clyde from Portland, Oregon. He says, my wonderful birding girlfriend, Emily Thompson, would also love to be a Talking Birds ambassador. We're a birding team. Thank you all so much. So thank you, Jesse, and thank you, Emily Thompson for becoming Talking Birds ambassadors. And thank you to Ellie Waller from Modi'in, Israel. She says, hi, I live in Israel, but I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia, home of our own Talking Birds um, uh, ambassador at large. 
Freya McGregor. Thank you, Ellie and Jesse, for becoming Talking Birds ambassadors and for the kind words you sent us about the show. To become a Talking Birds ambassador is really easy. We'll send you some cards if you'll just send us uh, your info uh, where we can send those. Just go to the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and click the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, acclaimed comic artist Rosemary Mosco will join us right here at our L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival broadcast table and chairs. Plus, we'll connect with Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's famous Birdwatchers General Store for this morning's installment of Let's Ask Mike Live. And up next, a boisterous bird with a big, big tail is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century. Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. The last time I was in Florida, I remember being transfixed by the sight and sound of a particular bird before I'd even left the airport. The male of this species is hardly the most colorful bird one can see in Florida, but it's spectacular nonetheless in its iridescent black plumage and its complex and interesting songs. Now the female of the species, which also sings, but infrequently, is just as beautiful, though very different. She's a rich, dark brown color. They both have huge keel-shaped tails, much larger than the male, and piercing yellow eyes. The bird is the boat-tailed grackle. Although Florida is a great place to see this bird since it's found on inland waters there as well as in its typical coastal domain, the boat-tailed grackle can be found year-round along the coast all the way up to Long Island, New York. Even though these beautiful birds are considered pests by some, they're managing to keep their populations stable, thanks in part at least to the fact that they can feed on the ground, in shallow water, or in shrubs, and are happy to enjoy a varied diet that includes insects, minnows, frogs, lizards, eggs, berries, seeds, grain, and even mussels and snails. And they don't mind helping other birds finish whatever they happen to be eating. In fact, other birds, if they're small, are also on the menu for boat-tailed grackles. They're part of the Icterid family, which comprises a diverse range of birds, including other grackles like the common and the very similar southwest-dwelling great-tailed grackle, meadowlarks, several blackbird species, orioles, and bobolinks. Quiscalus major, the boat-tailed grackle, found in a wide variety of habitats, including airports. serving as today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 729. Today, direct from the L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival here in beautiful Freeport, Maine. Well, Rosemary Mosco is a science writer and naturalist, and she creates books, articles, cartoons, and graphics that connect people to the natural world. Her nature comics are collected in a book that's a 2019 ALA great graphic novel for teens and were the subject of an award-winning museum exhibit 
exhibit. She also co-wrote the New York Times bestseller, The Atlas Obscura Explorer's Guide for the World's Most Adventurous Kid. Her newest book is called Birding is My Favorite Video Game. And she joins us here at the festival to tell us about that book and other writings and illustrations. Good morning, Rosemary. Good morning. It's so good to be here. Hi, everybody. So that title, Birding is My Favorite Video Game, sounds like it would be uh, pretty appealing to teenagers, but who is it uh, really aimed at? Uh, me. <laughs> so I grew up uh, playing video games. Uh, a lot of uh, video games have sort of nature-themed content, which you wouldn't expect. Uh, my favorite game growing up was called Sim Ant. You know the Sim City game, Sim City, The Sims. There was a critically acclaimed financial flop called Sim Ant, where you could be an ant and make an ant uh, nest, and it came with a 50-page fact guide. And so I was just kind of obsessed with that kind of that kind of thing. But birding is kind of like a video game. You know, you're ch you're checking off all the things, and you're kind of warding yourself points. So that's sort of where that came from. There's a lot of humor in your work, and you describe in a National Audubon piece that you wrote the exact moment that you realize that, as you put it, birds are funny. Uh, tell, tell us about that moment. Oh, gosh. Okay, so that's interesting because there have been a lot of those moments. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, you wrote this. I know. <laughs> um, you know, it was probably um, when I was in sixth grade, I went to a sleepover party, and I was I hated sleepover parties. I could never sleep. So I would go through my friend's bookshelves, and my friend, who was not a birder, had uh, the l book Little Known and Seldom Seen Birds of North America by Ben Catherine and John Sill. And it was a funny book with made-up birds. It's hysterical. If you've never seen it, you have to see it. Beautiful watercolor illustrations of these birds. And I realized that they could be funny, and that that's why that bird was in my friend's house, was because it was funny and not because it was, you know educational but then i was like oh you attach a joke to a thing and anyone will be interested okay that book has birds like the auger billed clam sucker uh with a drill instead of a bill and the military warbler whose wing bars are replaced by sergeant stripes so those are kind of good so um rosemary we know that birds names are often pronounced in different ways i'm thinking of pileated and pileated uh, woodpecker for example or plover versus plover you have a cartoon that's entitled how do you pronounce Jer Falcon or Jer Falcon, and you offer uh, numerous options there. I happen to have the uh, the cartoons uh, right in front of it. Give us some of those uh, possible options for pronouncing uh, pronouncing Jer Falcon or Jer Falcon. Okay, so I always pronounced it Jer Falcon, which I've learned is not, or, or Gyre Falcon rather, which I've learned is not correct. <laughs> not that it matters, but Jer Falcon is good. There's Jer Falcon, which is the falcon that will jeer at you if your equipment isn't very exciting. And then there's uh, Gear Falcon, Year Falcon, Gyre Falcon, Gur Falcon, Griff Falcon. That's the mythical <laughs> beast. Um, you can say Falco Rusticolis if you want to sound fancy. All right, it will. And then I have Vague Indistinct Mumbling, which is what I prefer. Oh, okay, good. That probably covers it. And if you visit our Facebook page, uh, you can see the visual part of that. Uh, uh, Rosemary is here at L.O. Bean and the L.O. Bean Maine Birding Festival to do a comic workshop today. And if you're not here for that, uh, you may have a chance to visit one somewhere else, wherever it might be uh, near you. She'll be doing... Tell us a little bit about those. Uh, what, what is a bird comics workshop exactly? 
Well, you're right that it has a lot of different things mixed in. Um, I try to talk a little bit about birds and why they're so funny. I share some funny videos, and then I help you uh, learn to do the writing and to do the drawing for comics. But mostly it's just a chance to kind of laugh and stretch out your creative muscles. All right. And your website is where folks could find info on uh, perhaps upcoming workshops and other things about you, including a lot of your artwork. It's right on your website, right? Yeah, so you can go to birdandmoon.com for my comics and rosemarymosco.com um, for stuff about me. And that's that's M-O-S-C-O, not uh, the city in Russia. Yeah, yeah there's no W there. That's just for radio stations in, in Russia. Rosemary Mosco is a science writer and naturalist. She creates books, articles, cartoons, and graphics that connect people to the natural world. And again, you can see lots more about her wonderful work at rosemarymosco.com. Dot com. That's M-O-S-C-O, rosemarymosco.com. And that other address was? Oh, birdandmoon.com. Birdandmoon.com. Thank you, Rosemary, and please keep those cartoons coming. Yeah. Rosemary Mosco, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's see if we can figure out where we are now in the process of our show here. I believe it would be our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley, Jr., and wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. If you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, by the way, you can hear us live uh, anywhere on the planet with a little internet connection and an internet device. Just go to Ray... Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, what's our website? Oh, TalkingBirds.com. Yes, it's all coming back to me now. TalkingBirds.com is the website. You can see how to listen live online. Uh, also see our list of radio stations in the Northeast and uh, what else? How to listen to us later on our, on our ar archives. That it, what was that? I know I did it. Talkingbirds.com. So we're on the Mystery Bird Contest. This is the actual contest itself now, and we urge you to call in as soon as you possibly can or yell out the call answer from our studio audience here. If you didn't see this sheet that I have up here, if you saw this, you are not eligible to win. And everybody else is. If you haven't been a winner within six months, here on Talking Birds, 781-837-4900 is the number, 781-837-4900. Here is the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a sparrow-like, large-headed songbird. The male of the species is the only North American bird with a white back and black underparts. And in breeding plumage, it has a large yellowish patch on the back of the head. Females are light brown on the chest and belly with brown and black wings. Our bird, which winters in southern South America, breeds over much of the northern U.S. and southern Canada, feeding on weed seeds and insect larvae 
and adult insects and spiders. If you know what it is, by all means, tell us. And if you don't know what it is, take a guess. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. We have one hand raised here in the studio audience here. And uh, we haven't even given the prizes yet, although we did earlier. The Droll Yankees Cute Feeder is our one of our main prize here. A beautiful feeder that even has a, uh, a height-adjustable dome and a big dish that holds uh, a full cup of sunflower seed, mixed seed, fruit, or mealworms from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. They all have, by the way, a lifetime guarantee against squirrel damage. That's pretty good. Bonus prize is a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game, and a two-pound bag of delicious, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. It's really good coffee and great for protecting the habitat of birds in the tropics. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Call us as soon as you possibly can, 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Billy Cantwell, and I'm calling from Knoxville, Tennessee. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I've always loved sharing my passion for birds with others. So this was just a natural progression for me. Don't miss an episode because there's always something new to learn and it's always interesting. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. We've got a little primitive way of playing Mike's music for you today, but we are playing it, and uh, that's a requirement, he tells us, for being on the show. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. Good morning, you people on Megan. Congratulations on banning the phone. Thumbs up yeah, to you let's guys hear it. Yeah. So, Mike, being way up here in Maine, it's hard, to us, hard for us to get real clear information about what you're talking about today. From my notes here, it looks like you're talking about, I guess this is a famous birder named Millet White. Is that is that correct? That's right. He's uh, he's, he's he's a nephew of Bob White. It's not Millet White. I, I don't <laughs> no. have that correct. Uh, no. It's about the bird seed millet. For years, I've been trashing this seed because the millet is really oh. cheap. And so when when seed manufacturers m- make seed and they come up with these mixtures, you know how I always complain about bird seed yeah. mixtures. I think they're evil. And one thing, ingredient they water them down with, they'll put some sunflower, they'll put some peanuts, they'll put some edible seeds in, and then they just dump a bunch of millet so they can water it down and get the price up. But what I, what I did the other day is, you know, I, took, I bought some millet separately instead of in a mixture, and I put it in the feeder, and lo and behold, it's not that awful. The birds are actually coming to it. It's like a little, like I owe millet a bit of an apology. 
I put it out in a tray, and, and cardinals are coming to it, and jays are coming to it, and song sparrows and doves and, and these beautiful red-winged blackbirds, and even chipping sparrows, little tiny chipping sparrows with a rusty cap. They're all happy with this, this millet. It's not as bad as I thought. Now, I still wouldn't put it in a mixture. Why is that, you ask? Because anytime you put mix, <laughs> okay, I'm glad you asked it right. Anytime you do a mixture, no matter what it is, the birds will always pick out their favorite. Whatever the bird is has a favorite, and the rest gets tossed on the ground, and people either mix to end up a lot of seed on the ground. So what I use is single ingredients at every level. And in this case, I put a tray of this white millet. It's really cheap, and even the squirrels will get in it. You know how everybody hates squirrels, but they eat a little. They don't. It's not their favorite. They don't stay, and, and it's so inexpensive. You know, you didn't really care. So I wouldn't buy a mixture for sure. But if you want to, if you find some place that's selling millet separately, and people always, oh, I want to try something different, I wouldn't be afraid to try that because the birds like it. In some places, not in my yard, but other people report that bunting, especially indigo buntings, will come for that. So I, I would give that a shot. Have you ever tried it, Ray? Uh, I, I've I've tasted it. Yeah, I didn't care for it that much, but uh, <laughs> uh, but if the birds like it, that's what really counts. But just kind of separate it, right? So yeah, white millet. White white millet. Yeah, try that yeah. sometime. It's, maybe okay. a lot of throats don't sell it because they want to put it in a, in a in a mixture. But try it. Try it separately. Right. And I think you kind of be uh, you you'd be pleased with the results. Give that a shot. All right. And don't the red styrofoam, no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. So white millet, good. Red Milo is still not good, though, right? Yeah, I'm still I'm still not in love with red Milo. Although I think out west and some of your western uh -huh. people, southwest, some of the thrashers and stuff eat it. But people in Maine, no, stay away from the red Milo. In Maine, though, okay, <laughs> got it. Thank you, Mike. Okay, we'll talk see you next week. Enjoy your trip. Talk, talk to you next week. Mike never gets applause during the show, so could could we give him some applause there while we we have a chance to do that? Oh my God, Thank that you. means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Do it. Now a word from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Want some tips on backyard birding? Birdwatching Magazine has published a handy booklet that's yours to download for free. The 16-page guide includes practical field-tested answers to your most important questions about the birds in your backyard, from food to birdhouses, from those cute hummingbirds to those troublemaking birds. Go to birdwatchingdaily.com to get your backyard Q&A booklet. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year illegally. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor with a desire to preserve living space for wildlife. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust does just that. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. We're back here to the uh, Mystery Bird Contest. And Jesse, if you possibly can uh, play that Mystery Bird for us again, we'll run through these clues here really quickly. A sparrow-like large-headed songbird, the male of the species, is the only North American bird with a white back and black underparts. In breeding plumage, it has a large yellowish patch on the back of his head. Really a kind of a straw yellow, I think, would be the way to describe it. Females are light brown on the chest and belly with brown and black wings. And we have Will in Hyde Park, Massachusetts, on the line with us there. Are you there, uh, Will? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, good morning. Well, say hello to our friends up here in Freeport, Maine. How's the weather up there? 
I don't know. We're inside. Anybody know what the? <laughs> we're getting uh, thumbs up. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a little chilly earlier, but it's uh, brightening up and uh, and warming up here as well. So, uh, Will, you heard the clues and the sound. I think of our mystery bird. What uh, what would you say the um, answer is, or what would be the identity of our mystery bird? I, I saw him during the birdathon at Allen's Pond. I think it's a bobolink. A bobolink, or some say bobolink. We'll have to check with Rosemary Moscow about the pronunciation of that bobolink or or bobolink. One of the world's most impressive songbird migrants. Tra- amazing traveling uh, bird there. Anyway, uh, Will, you're absolutely correct, and. Um, we're going to send you that raft of prizes if you'll stay on the line, and Jesse will uh, take your info, and we'll send them out to you. Will do. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Will. Will in Hyde Park, Massachusetts, correctly identifying the Bobolink or Bobolink. What do you What do you say, Rosemary? Rosemary. And anything you want to say, yeah. Yeah. Bobolink is good, and Bobolink is good. So uh, Will is the uh, winner of our uh, Mystery Bird Contest. We are so close to being out of time for our show today. I want to say thank you so much to our wonderful studio audience here. Thank you also to Matt in Mentor, Ohio. We didn't get to his call this morning, uh, who may have had a correct answer. And Andy in Marshfield, Massachusetts, our uh, hometown station, our hometown where our radio station, flagship station is located. Next week, we haven't actually confirmed this because he's hard to pin down, but we think we'll have the legendary David Clapp with us, a frequent guest in our show, international tour leader with Smithsonian Tours as our special guest. Uh, But now we're out of time from our broadcast here. Thank you so much, audience here at L.L. Bean, the L.L. Bean Main Birding Festival. Thank you to Debbie Bleacher, our senior producer and on-site field producer today. And thank you to Freya McGregor and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club.